Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Are y'all good? Good. Can we just stand and give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Come on, I want y'all to stand up with me. Come on, give Jesus a... There we go. Love it. Good. Has God been good to anybody? Like, I'm so excited to be here. I love it. You can sit down. We have no mask on, so that's good. It's just exciting uh, to be here today, and I'm excited about what God is going to do, and I'm excited to see all of your faces. You know, back home in Atlanta, um, I haven't been to church, so this is my, like my third time being in church seeing people. So if I run off the stage and flip or something, that's why, okay? <laughs> but Kent, I also want to do this too. I, they, they don't get this a lot, but they're amazing, amazing pastors. Can we clap for our lead pastor, John? Come on, you can do better than that. Let's embarrass him a little bit. He's amazing. And our entire staff is amazing. Just everybody's amazing. I've been here, I think, a week or so, and everybody has been super, super, super amazing. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you for the ways you've made. Father, we ask today that I decrease and let people hear you. Let them get something from your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for being good to us. We thank you for being gracious to us. And Father, today, we say that you leave a mark on our life that can never be erased. In Jesus' name, we agree and we expect. And everybody say amen. 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 And I know people are watching all over the world online. We're saying that. We're excited about that. And um, today, I really want to talk about wait well, what it means to wait on God. So over the last month or so, or even seven months to a year, I've had to really wait on God for a lot of things. I had to really wait on God to even be here, and you'll learn more about that story. And just waiting on God through a lot of different things, but I also had to understand while I was waiting is that waiting is vital to the growth and consistency of God. And there's benefits when we wait on God. You know, Scripture reminds us in Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We see in this scripture that waiting is not the only thing that we just do while we're there. But there are benefits to us waiting on God. There are benefits to us in the middle of where God is taking us to. There are benefits for what God wants to do in our life. And if you're like me, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I kind of feel good this morning, so I'm excited. Um, when we're waiting on God, a lot of times we're like, oh my God, I'm waiting on you, Lord. No. No, God, no. And we wait like a kitty Christian. We wait like a baby. And God is saying, do you remember last year when I brought you out of that thing? Do you remember a year ago when you were sick and I healed you? Do you remember 10 years ago when your mom or dad had cancer and I healed her? What do you think I can do for you? Somebody say, I'm going to wait on God. So I have um, four nephews um, and one niece. They are perfect. They're amazing. They're watching. What's up? I love you. Um, they're amazing. They're beautiful. They're smart. Um, the little girl, she's perfect out of all of them. Don't tell the boys. But um, I've had the opportunity to spend time with Bryson Christian. So Bryson is the second to the last youngest boy. Super amazing. And Bryson has this thing where when he gets ready to do what he wants to do, it doesn't matter if Jesus came and sat in this room. He's going to, I, I just, just take a look. I'll let you see. Hmm? What? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? 
I'm not his parent, so don't blame me. <laughs> I promise you he loved Jesus. But if you notice, I was asking Bryson, do, you know, do you love Jesus? And his focus was on the trampoline. His focus, trampoline. I'm like, bro, Jesus saved you. You wouldn't be here without Jesus. You're like two, but you need to be delivered, I guess, a little bit. I don't know. But even in that sense, that reminded me of kind of how we are sometimes. God, I want to be married. God, I want the job. God, I want more money. God is like, can I fix your character? God, no, job, God, job. God is like, can I fix some integrity? God, Billy is fine, God. I'm sorry. Jane, at my job, she is so beautiful, God. I believe you have set her out for me. And God is like, you know what? I want to fix something on the inside of you. And in that video, even after that, I told Bryce some stuff that I can't say here, but it's okay. But the, the, the point what I was telling him is, is that, buddy, you have to learn how to wait and not focus so much on the promise and which you're, which you're getting prepared for. What if God is holding something back from you, not to punish you, but to prepare you? What if he is pruning you? What if he's getting pieces outside of you and getting pieces of how you feel about certain people outside of you? Because the thing that God wants to do is actually take you to a place where you can sustain where he's taking you to and not just be a one-hit wonder. We see a lot of people that are successful today, and they're just making it today, but can they actually sustain the place in which God is taking them to? Point number one that I want to give you today, and I want to teach, kind of teach, preach uh, today. Well, let's go to the scripture. So before I give you the points, in this scripture here, it's an amazing story where Jesus decides to walk. And like Jesus, as we know, is the creator of the universe. He had many opportunities to run. Like he could have sprinted out to what he wanted to do. But in the Bible, we never heard when they say Jesus dipped out to Samaria or like Jesus turned up and went to a place. We never heard that. It always says that Jesus walked. Can we just say, say Jesus walked? So Mark chapter 5, verse 22, it says, then the, then the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived, uh, Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. 24 says, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. We're going to stop there just for a second. We got to really unpack this. Jairus told Jesus, freedom from like, bro, my daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hand on her. Imagine if your daughter, your son, your family member, your coworker was sick in a dire mode. And you're like, Jesus, I need your help right now. <laughs> this is what Jesus did. He's so funny. 25 says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Because of her faith, this is the point I want to just give to you. Because of her faith, the woman issue, issue of blood, she was healed not because her issue was so bad, but she was healed because of her faith to go through the crowds. 
If Jesus would have been running to Jairus' issue, the woman with the issue of blood would have missed Jesus. If Jesus would have said, oh my God, that's a big issue, which it is, that's a crazy issue, I'm going to run here, she would not have had the opportunity to meet Jesus. She saw the crowd. She saw all the people. But my question, Hartman, to you today, how desperate are you willing to wait on God? How desperate are you willing to see God bring that thing to pass in your life? If you're like me, I'm like, bro, <laughs> the crowd is over there like, Jesus, hit me up when, you, when it's just me and you. Like she had to get through the crowd. And she wasn't trying to be such in Jesus' face. The Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. She got through the crowd and just touched a piece of him. Let's go on. Let's do this. Point number one I want to give you is this. Waiting on God shouldn't be focused on what hasn't happened, but what he's already done. Waiting on God shouldn't be focused on what hasn't happened now. Many times we wait on God with an attitude of anxiousness and not with a heart of gratitude of expectation. When we say we're waiting on God, it shouldn't just be like, God, I'm waiting. But it's like, God, at your service in this season. You want me to serve at church? You want me to give a little more? You want me to go to the pop-up that's coming up this week and serve God? Come on. (laughs) It's like, what do you want me to do? But a lot of times we're so concerned about our, our promise, our issue, that we're missing what God wants to say to us in this moment. We're missing what God wants to do for us in this moment. We go on. In 28, it says, For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. 29 through 34, just verses where she goes through Jesus immediately heal her because of her faith. Let's go to 35. This is the real good part I really want us to kind of focus on this morning. It says, while he was still speaking to her, that's important, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use of troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Hold on, Jesus. Hold, wait, hold on. I know you're the creator of the universe and all of that, and that's cute, and that's great, but my daughter is dead. Have you ever had a dire issue and Jesus say, just have faith? Just chill. Just calm down for a moment. Just still stay plugged in the church. Just just let me focus on someone else's issue while I'm waiting on my issue to get healed or delivered or set free. Can you, can you, can you, uh, can you, can you praise or can you celebrate somebody else when God does what you want him to do for you, but he does it in their life? What if God blessed your family member the way you want him to bless you? Can you still be excited and celebrate them? He said, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Now, this thing here says, while Jesus was still speaking to her. So Jesus is still tending to the woman with the issue of blood. And he heard them over there telling, Jairus, bro, your daughter's already dead. It says Jesus stopped. Let's focus right there. Jesus was focused on one issue. He's he's with them. But Jesus, he's so good, he's so great, that since he's focused on somebody else's issue, there still was a dire need in the other city in Jairus' house. They just said, hey, Baby, you're healed. Hold on. Listen, bro, don't don't be troubled. Just have faith. 
But that's a level of expectation that Jarius had to have that say, you know what? I know my issue is bad. I know it's going bad. But I want to encourage someone in Heartland today, or you may be watching online, that Jesus and God is so good to us that that may be a dire situation that's going on in your life. But the faithfulness of God has never failed. The faithfulness of God has never wavered. The faithfulness of God is still good to us. Can we give God a shout of praise in the building today? Yeah, it says just have faith. Point number two, I feel this thing, y'all. Point number two says waiting on God is never about your frustration, but it's about your faith. Hebrews 11 and 1, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Many times we start to consult our frustration or our feelings before we consult consult our faith. We consult how we feel about what we're going through before we consult our faith. And the Bible tells us, and it, it tells us here, Hebrews 11 and 1, not faith, the substance of things hoped for, evidence things we don't see. So in order for faith to be realized, there has to be an opportunity for faith to be presented in my life. It's a lot of y'all that are married in here. I'm, I'm single, 26. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm single, but a lot of you guys are married in here. In order for you to say that you love that person, that had to be an opportunity for you to not probably love them, right? So in order for faith to be presented, there has to be an opportunity to come up and say, you know what, I'm still going to have faith. You laid me off my job, good job, boo-boo, because guess what? There's an opportunity that God is presenting for me. I want to just throw a point and a pin here. Obstacles are just another level for opportunity for God to show himself strong in your life. And when there's an obstacle in my life, all I'm doing is giving God an opportunity to show me that he's Jehovah Jireh, the God that still provides. When there's an opportunity that comes up in my life, the obstacle may be here. But I love when obstacles come because when obstacles of interruption come, that gives God the ability to say, you know what? I'm ready to take you to another level. It's so many, thank you so much with your hat. I love it. Thank you. So many times, so many times, friends, we get in places where we're, we want to go. God, I want to go to another level. God, I want to do this. I want to do that. God, I'm ready to have this baby. God, I'm ready to get married. And then God takes you to an obstacle. God takes you through an issue. God, I've been saved for 45 years. And you haven't gone through anything? My mom told me a while ago, she said either somebody is coming out of an issue or a season, somebody is going into a season, or you may actually be in a season. Some of us are in a season of our life. And I just want to blow somebody's bubble, and I'm so sorry. Your bank account doesn't negate you from a season. Your church attendance doesn't negate you from a season. How well you serve doesn't negate you from a season. How long you have been saved doesn't negate you from a season. But God takes us through seasons to position us and elevate us to the next place that he's calling us to. Waiting on God shouldn't be about my frustration, but about my faith. 38 says, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion, weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave and took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. 41, holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, get up. 
And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus walked into this room where their issue have now become their reality. Their situation, their difficulty has now become how they respond, how they act, how they, how they expect certain things. The Bible says, it says here, he walked in with all this commotion and weeping. And Jesus come in in that terrible situation when they're looking at the situation and now here it is. He come in and say, I can imagine if I was Jesus, I can imagine him like, calm down, chill. And a lot of times I've done that. Well, I'm like, God, all these issues are here. God, I waited till I got married to try to have the baby, and I still have to go through infertility issues. Can we be real today? God, I have tried to, to, to wait. I gave tithe. I gave. I served. And Lord, the job still don't want to pay me no money. What if you're waiting on God still producing an issue in your life that may not be favorable to the place in which God is taking you to? And then you have people around you and so many folks around you, and they start acclimating to your issue. Because we've been talking so much about our issue, and we, have not, we haven't started talking about the faithfulness of our God. How you doing, Bob? Well, I'm sick. How you doing, Julie? Well, I got a headache. I'm like, daggum. I mean, <laughs> what else can it be? You've allowed your circumstance to become your issue. You've allowed your conversations to become your issue. You've allowed your being, when you wake up in the morning, you're so stressed out because you're focused on what is going wrong, and we're not focused on even this story where we've seen, I can imagine, just thinking about it now, if, if I was there, I just saw that Jesus healed a woman with the issue of blood who was sick for 12 years. If I was at Jerry's house, I'd be like, bro, like, I know your daughter's dead, like, I know that's happening, but Jesus, he just healed this lady who was sick for 12 years. They didn't look back at the issue. They were still focused on where they are. I want to challenge you today. Look back at what God has done in the country where I'm from. They say, if he did it before, he can do it again. The same God back then is the same God right now. But am I going to have the expectation so God can perform what he wants to do in my life? This is my last point, and we're going to make it work. Point three is waiting on God. I really want you to get this one, okay? Waiting on God, hear this, is about the character of who he is, not the content he can provide. I got to do that one more time. I, I just have to, because somebody online was eating some Twinkies, and they weren't listening to me, so I'm going to get it again. <laughs> waiting on God. That's my brother eating the Twinkies, by the way. Waiting on God is about the character of who he is, not the content he can provide. Jesus could have broken protocol and rushed to Jairus' issue, but he walked. If I'm Jairus, I'm upset with Jesus. Because I have told you, that my daughter is dead. <laughs> but you want to stop <laughs> and heal her? Jesus chilling. He walking. Jerry is probably there upset. But Jesus walks. Because his character did not change based off the emergency of the issue. It's interesting to me. That when we get in a dire situation, we want God to just stop with everybody and come to our rescue. 
God, I know Sally, her mom has cancer down the street, but I need $100 to pay my bill or something. But Jesus is going to walk. He's not going to break his character because of the content in which we want him to provide. All around when Jesus and disciples came to Jairus' house, everyone was crying. Again, it was commotion. And immediately upon arrival, in instance, Jesus looked at the girl and said, she's only asleep. What if, hear this, what if you have made a pity party where you thought something was dead, where you thought something was over, and all God was saying to you in those moments is just have faith? To not allow the commotion of the crowd and those around you to get you outside of the will in which God has called you to. Many times we prolong where God is taking us, our purpose, our destiny, our desires, due to us believing something is dead when God is only perfecting, pruning, and making us. In the middle of the wait, in the middle of us waiting on God, All God is doing, he's not trying to punish you. He's trying to prepare you. In the middle of your waiting on what the thing in which you are hoping for, God is not, what what joy does God get out of punishing his people? No, God wants you to be able to sustain and hold on to that thing that you're hoping and waiting for. And there have been times in my life where I've wanted so bad and God gave it to me and I couldn't sustain it. I can post it on Instagram, but I can't sustain it in my heart. I can let my friends know we can have a good barbecue and all of that about it, but I can't sustain it when God brings me to it. The question to ask yourself today, online, in the room, the question to ask yourself, God, the thing in which I'm praying for, am I waiting well? Can I actually sustain? God, does my character and my integrity actually fit the place that I'm asking you to take me to? And when I know what God is trying to do in my life, I have to stay consistent on these things when I wait on God. I have to know that God is worthy. I have to know that God is able. I have to know that God is in control. And I have to know that God is always on time. Let's do it again. I have to know that he's worthy. Like, he's worthy in my life that there's no sin that I can get into that the weight of my sin can't stop the glory of God. I got to know that he's able. Like, we don't trust, like, it's, it's not like the ability of God is at question. We just trust if God can do it for us. We know that he can, but it's like, God, can you do it for me? I got to know that he's in control. I got something to tell all of you. You are not in control. Come on, that's a good place to clap right there. You're not. I, I, I know that you are, whatever you are on the Enneagram, I know that you love to take charge, but when it comes to Jesus, baby, you're not in control. Some people aren't coming back, John, just because of that. They're not in control. God is always on time. He may not fit your timetable, but he's always on time. When you want it, when I want it, It may not be when he's ready to do it, but he's on time. And the only reason that I can teach this today, friends, is because I I had to live this out. I I I had to actually face this of waiting on God. (laughs) When he gave me the sermon, I'm like, God, listen, bro, let me talk about joy or peace. (laughs) 
Because ever since I got the sermon, I've had to wait on God. I was in Atlanta, had a college ministry out there going very well. I mean, hundreds of college students flooding. It was beautiful. Getting saved, so many great things that God was doing. And obviously, you know, many are plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevailed. That's cute, and that sounds great, but when it happens in your life, it's like, God, wait. So I started to do all of those great things doing that, and God had a different plan for me. Had the transition to another place, and over seven months, I had to wait on God. I had to wait and not allow my frustration to stop the favor that was going to happen on my life. Before I got to Heartland, was going to so many different places, just interviewing and different things like that. And I remember going back home, and I was like, God, listen, man, I, I, I'm not interviewing with nobody else. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with church. I'm done teaching. I don't want to wait any longer. And that's where the enemy desires us to be, that when our weight gets us outside of his will, and when our weight gets us outside of his will, we can miss the promise that he, had, he has on our life. End up, was able to connect with Heartland, came out, people were phenomenal. And I noticed while I was here that certain things that I had gone through, it built so much pain in my life and just certain things. And I noticed when I was here without the staff or anybody knowing what I went through, I remember getting into the hotel the first night. I was like, God, a piece of the pain has left. A scab of it has been ripped off. And at that point, I knew that the weight that I went through and the detriment that I went through was leading me up to where I am today, was leading me up to where God wanted me to be today. Those points that I presented to you wasn't just cute points. I did the opposite of them. My frustration did get in the way of the promise of God. But I had to flip those things. I had to flip what God wanted to do in my life so my heart can be receptive of what God is doing now. Seven months of waiting. Seven is the number of completion, but eight is the number of new beginnings. I don't know who I'm talking to in the room. It may just be for me. I don't know if you're watching online. I don't have a great whatever to tell you. You're going to have to wait. You're going to go through. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But although that's hard, the sovereignty of our God is still good. Hear me. God is not good to us because we are good. But God is good because God is good. Are you listening to me this morning? God is good because he's good. I want to encourage your faith. You can stand all over the room. I want to encourage your faith this morning. That is, it may be difficult. It may be testy. It may be hard. But in the middle of the way, you got to stand flat foot on the enemy's head and say, you tried it before, 
with my mom. You tried it before with the job. You tried it before with the pregnancy. You tried it before with the finances. But I'm standing flat-footed today to let you know, enemy, I am going to wait on the Lord. I'm standing here today before you. Not a perfect person, but a progressing person. But I stand here before you today going through seven months of turmoil and I have a testimony that says we serve a faithful God. Can we give God a hand clap of praise right there? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the people that is in this room. Father God, we ask that you bless them. We ask, God, that you allow your, your patience and you allow your spirit to supersede where they are. Father, they may be online with the kids or they may be here today just needing hope. Let them know today, God, that they can stand flat-footed and they can wait on you. You're going to renew their strength. You're going to allow them to mount up as wings as eagles. They're going to run and they're going to not be weary. They're going to walk and they're not going to faint. Every assignment of the enemy that's trying to destroy their mind, that's trying to allow depression and fear and lack and bondage and, and just so many bad things to come in their life. Today is a new day. It's a new day of freedom. It's a new day of hope. It's a new day of joy that who they were before, they are not leaving the same way. In Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. The one who can heal us all in Jesus' name. The one who can turn our situation around in Jesus' name. Amen.